Welcome, one and all, to Picard, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Star Trek universe. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Bonjour, Pete. My name is Seven of Nine. Picard, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 308, Surrender, comes to you now via monologuing protoplasms. Pete, in this podcast that reflects on the last week when there has been first contact day and star trek basically had no news to share over in the other uh space based story universe we just yesterday had our uh, mandalorian chapter 22 podcast up a taste of the larger star wars celebration podcast that's coming tuesday let it be said that star wars certainly won the pr week this week yeah strange matt that no Star Trek celebration What with one of their manufactured holidays passing this week. Must have had something to do with burning that, uh, that good news off when they got a bad earnings report about a new series. But anyway, we will be bringing you our Super Mario Brothers take tomorrow, Super Mario Monday biggest animated opening of all time can't wait to have that discussion pete looking farther down into the future uh we have a release date for secret invasion we've already podcasted that in the last week when does secret invasion arrive that is june 21st and uh will run concurrently with strange new worlds season two so uh, check out both Fantastic Geek podcast feeds and subscribe today. But back to Star Trek fully, Matt, Star Trek Picard, showrunner Terry Madalus, who is not actively employed or developing any Star Trek. He's, he's explained this on social media repeatedly. Reports that Kestra Riker, Troy, is safe. Pete, I'm glad that this writer producer showrunner uh i guess social media influencer at this point is telling us that kestra Riker, a minor character from a season or two ago is a-okay um indeed she does get mentioned in this episode so i suppose pete let's head into our mission briefing the spark of flame is revealed to be vatic's lighter in the reflection on the overhead window on the top of the captured USS Titan bridge as she puffs on her cigarette and twirls in the captain's chair before using the arm rest controls to trap the crew around the ship. In engineering, Alondra LaForge thought her father unplugged lore but he says what's happening to the ship isn't the updated android, but Vatic. Ensign Riggs leads a group of crew members when her combat fails and they're ambushed as Vatic listens to their screams. Picard asks Beverly to access bridge controls from sickbay, but she's been locked out as Jack looks on in horror, Vatic menaces the terrified bridge crew. Picard says they must find a way to 
regain control as Sydney watches Jack's eyes glow and assume control of a male crew member outside sick bay, seeing the carnage wrought by the changelings before he's fired upon and gasps back into his body. Vatic addresses the ship again, reaffirming her control over her captives and calls Jack to the bridge as we hit the title card for part eight surrender on the shrike real Riker and real Troy reminisce about old times uh, like when Riker felt the bleakness with which he started earlier in the season you might remember that Pete from earlier this season uh, you know what will lighten the mood here is the fact that Deanna Troy uh, knew that the Riker changeling that came to her home was obviously not her beloved of all these years uh, she knew that immediately before and or after she engaged in bedroom activities with him. The story I seems... I often heard that act and pizza correlated. Like, there's no such thing as bad that. There's no such thing as bad pizza. Interestingly, uh, Riker described the Riker changeling told to Riker as being good at this, bad at pizza, just like him. It's a scene, Pete. No worries, though. Picard, Captain Picard, has one of those classic Captain Picard traps underway right now. Right? We go back to the bridge, where, of course, that is not the case. Vatic does note that she would like to keep the chair, like literally keep the chair. Uh, Shaw and Seven bicker. Uh, if only she had, again, done the right thing to protect the ship and the crew and Toto again. Uh, Pete, I'm mildly down on this interaction because it's a conversation that they've had at earlier points in the season. You know what? Shaw, a jerk, is right. Uh, if indeed Seven had blown the turbo lift, then the situation would be different here. Uh, Vatic does decide to offer up some bait for the little fox. You see, Pete, that is a metaphor there in which the little fox is Jack, and she's going to offer up bait, which is, uh, you know, to not kill a crew member if he shows up. Um, Jack, meanwhile, says that he's ready to do the red-eye thing to, to make his way to the bridge. It's a unique uh, ability that he has. His parents doubting indeed there's brain scanning is he hallucinating but no sydney there to bear witness to say it's true so with that time to use uh admiral picard's override codex pete now's not the time to wonder like wasn't picard actually retired and would the code still work they work now darn it okay uh and jack hops into uh mura and he puts in the code P. He's literally one button push away. But Vada catches him and holds on to the Mura Jack hand there. Like, I, really, I feel like one good jolt would then do the execute button and save the day. I know that's not what, what the script wants. Uh, and indeed, Vadic says it must be Jack Crusher in there living up to your potential. Because, Pete, we're going to get answers next week. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, what Vatic does here, having caught Jack and previously 
giving the 10 minute countdown until she would execute a crew member uh opens comms and grabs comms officer ensign kova rin esmar over sevens protests to let them go vatic has them say their name and does the same with mura but asks him about someone who loves him his son like picard has a son she tells mura to tell jack to come up but he can't because he's starfleet and vatic puts her phaser to the back of Esmar's head and then turns it on Lieutenant Tavine without warning that I should have seen coming the way they pictured the actress. They framed the actress a number of times, but Matt, RIP Lieutenant Tavine. Yeah. I dug Tavine. I think we all dug Tavine. And I kind of like, we'll, we'll talk about it in due course here, but you know, the Titan bridge crew so much about this is the next generation and Star Trek legacy and poor Stephanie Sichkowski here and this character go. And I think the thing this episode misses moves the story forward, although we're still dragging on the Jack reveal. Um, can they like have a moment after what they just endured because of these seven strangers who have taken over their ship? Um, Pete, I think the story's response is no, they won't because there's the haves and have nots and the haves were on other Star Trek shows or maybe on 12 monkeys and the have nots are the, trail of bodies that have been left the lower deckers now beat many a next generation episode did this too to be fair you know think of gif of uh you know next generation guy uh in a red shirt grabbing his head as i think nagilum as some space force killed him and so forth so again it's kind of baked in but you're absolutely right that characters that we have developed a minor relationship but a relationship nonetheless uh with uh kind of are getting cast aside hither and yon. Um, but Pete, as to the notion that we're kind of um, retelling old fields, I, I want to, I just want to move on to the next scene, Pete, because I, I, I chafe at the notion that this story is kind of in a holding pattern here. Okay. On the strike, Riker and Troy reflect on how if they die, Kester will have lost everyone. Uh, Troy wonders if Riker is giving up again, like he was in the beginning of the season. Because I guess, Pete, we really are in a loop here. Uh, they reflect again on their the loss of their son with the note that you can't skip to the end of healing. You must go through the process. Um, both Riker and Troy, upon reflection, don't like the house that they have on the Penthe. Second space show we've podcast this week, which features the Penthe. Now, I know the planet was obviously mentioned in the prior seasons and so forth, but that was weird. It, it was the parallels we've seen with um, Mandalorian and Picard. I mean, granted, fictional space shows and all that. But, yeah, it was seriously uh, interesting down to an unusual name check. But just then a goon comes to check on 
them. And Riker tries to keep him from uh, touching his wife when the changeling is impaled from behind by Worf, who then phasers it as they embrace. He reminds them of one's personal space being right. And he tells Troy he has counted the days since he last saw her like waves in the ocean, constant and unending, thinking often of her empathic gifts during his self-evaluation, which she finds wonderful and Riker finds inappropriate. And it's a really humorous and earned moment. So, Pete, you point out how this is a goon. Can I infer? Because, like, if you put a spike through Odo, that wouldn't do a big deal and we've also seen how these are indeed shapeshifters because they've been downed and shot in the head and then they go back up it's it is sticking a knife through them does what valuable under weight of story there there has been a evolved physiology you know lack of consistency with the rules on the changelings um they can get stabbed, then they get phasered, they can get phasered, they can go into, like, I have real questions at the end here after Vatic freezes and then bashes into her ship. Like, she is a changeling. She could reconstitute, right? Like, are we done with Amanda Plummer? Um, Pete, I'm sure if you put that question out there on Twitter you would get a quote tweet from Terry Madalus making you look like a silly goose because he would have referenced and researched three different episodes on Memory Alpha to show you why you're wrong to even think that. By the way, Pete, legitimate thing here that you and I have not talked about in the real world. Legitimately today, my uncle, a longtime Star Trek fan who kind of lost faith. My uncle too. There you go. Uh, it, it has, has lost faith in Star Trek and with the, you know, it, I suppose it happens as time goes on. Oh, these new kids, these days, blah, blah, blah. He says, so do I understand correctly that the, the Star Trek Picard show has brought Kirk back? I had to explain to him, no, the showrunner decided he didn't like where Kirk was buried. So he inserted an Easter egg to say that Kirk was buried somewhere else now but also had a heartbeat but then he went on social media to explain why do you guys think that just because his body's moving he has a heartbeat that he's coming back in this season stop it you're ridiculous and then i said he's on social media too much so that was the discussion i literally had today about this show with someone who now had someone who already was not watching it shall we put it like that i haven't seen matt's uncle in four and a half Three and a half years, and I look forward to seeing him again. And he treats me like I'm family, and I love him, and he can say that. Pete, in sickbay, Jack and Picard and Crusher wonder if he should give himself up. You may have heard that argument before, Pete, in prior episodes. Um, okay, this is just an ongoing thing here. Sydney notes that they actually need... I don't know if she's meant to be... Is she being ironic? Is she personally being ironic when she's describing like needing an AI, blah, 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 techity tech, tech? Like she knows she's talking about data, right? She's not just hypothetically. I know it's not literally like we need a five foot 10 dark haired, yellow eyed, positronic AI. <laughs> I know she says AI. Like she knows the only answer is to, for this is data, right? Because there's only so many like 
Anyhow, Pete, she says they need essentially data. Cut to Jordy talking to Data Plus. They're joined by Picard et al. Uh, there's a cute, uh, your wine is not great two-factor ident- uh, authentication story. Um, and Picard suggests that the data personality should take out the lore personality because apparently nobody's thought of that. Like, they're, nope, yeah. The partition gets lowered. We go inside Data's head. Pete, in a moment weirdly, and I dare say um, happily reminiscent of a very similar thing in Lower Decks where, um, no spoiler here, but a character's former pers- former bad personality and current good personality go into a white headspace and battle it out here. Um, and Pete, this is going to be one more tete-a-tete with Lore and Data taking us all the way back to the season one episode data lore which i still remember so fondly um take us through pete some of the things that we see whilst in this headspace sherlock holmes cap and pipe but data explains these trinkets they are his memories as the partition between the personas falls and lore reveals his jealousy of the love data has received over the years as he takes the symbolic pipe overpowers him taking a puff Worf, Riker uh, and Troy find Raffi on the Shrike along with Picard's stolen corpse which apparently Matt got blown up and not checked at the end of the episode so there's kind of that idea there but anyway uh raffi explains that the changelings removed portions of picard's parietal lobe infected with aromatic syndrome raffi downloads the ship's database as she makes troy's acquaintance as riker attempts to contact the titan an alarm blares and they must return to the cloaked shuttle later revealed to be the emerson which the changelings on the Titan, inform Vatic about. She prepares to execute another when the turbo lift opens and Jack steps out with a gift, which the computer cannot identify. Pete, that's because he's holding a soda from the Star Wars land Batu outpost. <laughs> thermal detonator? <laughs> or he's holding a thermal detonator. <laughs> Um, back to the lab, Lore is beating Data. Wait, is that really why I can't identify? He brought him a guffin from another universe. <laughs> um, maybe this way if I was in pre production meetings, I would say, I understand you want to do a space grenade, even though it's going to actually be a mobile, but it's not shield. a space, yeah. Well, but 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 it's it's got it from that ship, it's right? presented, it's it field. It's presented as a, in the moment, it's presented as a grenade. My thought would be, hey, it looks too much like a Star Wars thermal detonator. And since it's, I I don't know, maybe grenades are round so the hand can hold it better. And I feel like, therefore, a mobile shield emitter. Let me me this way. I would have been like, hey, let's make it square. Let's make it a cube. Let's just make it a cube. Because it looks too much like a Star Wars thermal detonator. But Pete, maybe some people on set were like, oh man, the last big time guy to, to run a Star Trek, that was JJ, and he put he put little secret Star Wars messages in there, and then Star Wars got him. So I I don't know. 
Uh, back to the lab, Laura's beating data, and inside we see that data's existence is indeed fading. Pete, finally it happens. Finally the understanding here. How could Tasha be in this season but not Denise Crosby, at least not new Denise Crosby footage? That's because we see the lovely little holographic it's not quite a cube itself, the, the crystalline shape, not to be confused with the crystalline entity, where we, which was the, the uh, you know, in memoriam of the late Tasha Yar. I recognized the prop. I liked the usage there of her, her footage and so forth. And uh, a really, really nice moment, a reminder of how much Tasha meant to Data on a, a quote-unquote emotional level. And uh, let's also not forget there was the physical thing that one time too. Yeah, and, you know, if only there could have been a way to get Denise Crosby in here. But it is a, a nice nod that tugs at your heartstrings. Nonetheless, as Picard from without urges. Well, actually, Pete, may I just share an observation here? Just an sure. And it appears that the Next Generation cast, you know, they they continue to be so tight, you know, like... LeVar Burton married in the later seasons and his best man is Brent Spiner and his other groomsmen are the, the male leads. And like, they, they're obviously all friends. They're friends. They get along. You've heard this throughout the years. You haven't heard a bad word, so on and so forth. Can I just point out two people left the next generation of their own accord, f f not for greener pastures, which is to say not Cole Meany saying, you know, who was already recurring, not a full cat, right? Denise Crosby up and left when things were bad and then you know and things got better similarly will wheaton yes part of the star trek family yes they're all seeing him in ready room but weirdly nobody in the world of star trek picard clamored for more than a wesley scene in 30 episodes just want to share the observation that the two cast members who left star trek for greener pastures weren't invited back for this season or you know, uh, essentially, I know we had the one Wesley scene, which was well written, well well placed, and a nice resolution. But he was Wesley was written out ahead of this season of Picard. Just want to share that as an observation. I'm not even saying it's sour grapes, but maybe for Denise Crosby, there's some sour grapes. Like everybody else put put up with all this crazy junk in the first season and be, became a family along the way, and maybe that's why they got invited back and she didn't. I can't speak to that, uh, but Picard here again, urging Data to fight on. Jack is prepared to take his life with this device the computer doesn't recognize. Unless Vatic relinquishes her hostages, she has her goons lock them in observation. But Seven slips back out at the last second, telling Shaw she's accepting the consequences. And Vatic tells her it's quite fitting that she stay with Jack and witness it. What? Not in this episode. Jack wants to know what Vatic wants from him and God, don't we, as the audience already. Which are his gifts, which we still don't know what they are. She knows he ran to help others, but could never escape his loneliness. Was it a calling? Double meaning or guilt for what? We don't know. 
she knows he's heard voices and can help him put the pieces together of what's behind the big red door like Deanna goes to at the end of the episode. And no spoiler, Matt, in the clip they've put out from the next episode. My notes at this point literally say, OMG, just get to it. And I wrote that before <laughs> I knew that they didn't. So, Pete, back to Data. Data is almost lost forever. He reflects over a pack of cards, uh, obviously the poker games and so forth. The, that, those cards, though, belong to Lore now. Why is Data giving it all over? Because his brother has had nothing. Data is not surrendering. We see Spot the Cat, or you know, this generation of cat playing Spot the Cat, making an appearance, a creature that helped Data learn to love. Lore takes Spot, and Data indeed does start to fade, and then, then just pops out. That's it. But Spot meows, and Lore now starts to sputter. Data returns, returns completely, Data has discovered that his memories were indeed full of value. Lore took them as trophies, but in taking what made Data, Data, Lore is now Data now. Trojan horse trinkets. Trojan horse trinkets, but I don't even think in a, in a computer programming sense. It's just, Pete, in the sense of sharing love. Uh, Data hugs Lore one last time. Data wins, and if you're unclear what's going on here, all the red lore uh, you know exterior in the science lab uh, all the red lore data hub spots turn to white for data wins um and it's time for data to save the day he accesses ship systems comms are back Riker is brought up to speed data announces a shift change pd's using some humor um he could of course pete i would assume okay he could scan the ship for all the stuff that's got tritium 584 or whatever and then just beam them out into space or just beam them into the buffer but i don't know if you heard pete michelle heard herself along with her stunt double are really good at fighting so rafi does a fight scene uh jack presses the thermal detonator button which actually is a shield generator button quick uh, quick dad blow the thing and the bridge hatch is popped pulling Vatic and others into space, which is a cool moment, and I must admit would have been less cool if Data instead was like, now accessing transporters, they all beam away. This is a good climax to an episode. Yes, the friendly positronic PO'd security system. They're blowing them out, but not before Vatic curses the effing solids. Uh, as they're sucked out the open viewport there, and she freezes, tumbling through space, and smashes into a million pieces against the hull of the Shrike. Seven unlocks the bridge crew from observation, and Shaw gives her the honor, ordering Mura to target the Shrike, blowing it to smithereens in a shot that the FX People specifically said they attempted to mirror the slow-mo um, detonation from Deep Space Nine. Uh, with the strike destroyed, uh, we see Raffi kill phasering the bodies, you know, like one perhaps should from the get-go when dealing with a changeling, but what do I know? Pete, however, Deanna feels a darkness on this ship. 
Uh, Data notes that he has changed, older, but he's back. He reflects on the the, the human experience. Uh, His body is new, cracking neck, also kind of old. Pete, we have happy music. The ship is lit more brightly now. I'm not being sarcastic over the poor lighting that there's been all these episodes. It's literally lit brighter now. Pete, everything is happy. Hey, listen, let's do a science scan to V. Oh, right. There's dead crew members. But Pete, everybody's happy now. Data uses contractions and some humor. He's more now and he uh, and feels that he feels. Jordy is happy to have his friend back. Their friendship, a constant in their lives. Pete, take us to the moment that we've been waiting seven and nine-tenths episodes to get to. They join the others in observation, and Picard reminds him the last time they spoke, Data wanted to experience death, you know, in season one. He knows, Data does, that version of him is resting peacefully as he takes a seat at the table. Nowhere else he'd rather be. Beverly confesses how much she missed them and takes Troy's hand. Worf even considered sending the heads of the enemies he slaughtered to them, but he was advised it was passive aggressive. It's a great line. And Picard brings it all back to the mission at hand that he needs them to thwart the changeling plan. And Jordy updates us that Frontier Day is just hours away. Riker says they're no closer to answers. That's that's just like us. And Troy tells them she felt whatever they were planning is tied to Jack the moment she came on board. Beverly cannot explain what is happening to her son. And Troy tells them the darkness is around him. And a voice, ancient, weak, and not his own. She thinks it's time she meet Jack. Exterior shot, we see the Titan cloaking, and then uh, interior, Jack and Troy ready to have their session. Has he ever seen that red door? Because as they hold hands, as Troy, you know, half telepathic here, feeling his emotions, trained in the clinical arts, says it's time to open that door. And indeed, mentally, they go to it, and it's going to be opened, just not this time. Pete, we have an incoming threat analysis. It, it almost feels like like little pieces hitting the hull. Is that Vatic? <laughs> I listen. Amanda Plummer went all out here. Um, indeed, I would say she went further than what she was given. If it's the end, she goes out like an absolute boss. Um, I don't know that I fully feel all the empathy I was promised I was going to feel for this mustache twirling uh, uh, villain. Uh, But she has made her mark. Uh, She has furthered her family's connection to Star Trek. And I, for one, am grateful. You don't feel empathy for a woman who oversaw the killing of not just a bridge officer that we were beginning to enjoy but just i mean 
potentially dozens of lower deckers? Uh, no, I definitely don't feel that. Oh. <laughs> then, Pete, let's talk about lore, a character we're meant to love to hate and all of that. Um, if indeed this is curtains for lore, as not for nothing with two episodes left for our Next Generation crew, I feel like that's probably it for lore. Um, Pete, he went out on top being a jerk and thinking he was winning. The thing I thought of while I was watching this and you, you know, as always gave us the perspective with Star Trek and data lore goes back to that first season. It's a long standing storyline, but you know, we see lore go off in that seventh season with the Borg and never came back to that. So like, how did his, uh, you know, personality wind up in Data Plus. Uh, they told us it did. Pete, let's set our long-range sense oars for these next two climactic episodes here. Thought number one. I, I, it always remains with me. Season two of Fargo dared to have the climax episode as the penultimate episode and then spend its final hour truly emotionally wrapping things up, but the big threat dispensed with uh, in that second to last episode, spoiler alert on a show that's probably eight years old at this point. Do you think next week the, the changeling infestation into Starfleet gets completely dispensed with and we can have time to say goodbye for the final episode? Um, it's going to happen at a rate at which it'll be acceptable. I really think, I mean, we're holding the reveal on what Jack is already. And then, you know, oh, how will we get the remaining changelings out of their hidey places before they, they strike. But like Jimmy Crickets, Matt, what is he already ancient voice weak calling seven staying on the bridge it's a borg thing it's got to be lacutus right i mean a speaker <laughs> i was already on board with your theory last week and then this week to have seven in what i would argue is dubious circumstances like you know vatic has said Everybody to the conference room where you could be kept as hostages and so on and so forth. And then Seven's like, no, I'm going to elbow my way and stay. Um, look, I understand Jerry Ryan is one of the um, stars of this show and a beloved Star Trek presence and all of that. So I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying I'm surprised that uh, a Star Trek face remained on the bridge and all of that. But, you know, for the lines like, oh, good, you of all people should see this, like, I'm now 110% on board with it being a Borg thing. And if Pete, for some reason, next week that's not the case, then that will lay at the hands of, you know, the, the writer or the people behind the show and so forth, because all signs point to Borg. Add to that the removed portions of biological Picard uh brain from his corpse uh infected by aromatic syndrome so like what are they doing what's it seem that they're doing it was a misdiagnosis 
and it's a misdiagnosis with Jack. You do not have aromatic syndrome. You have Borg holdover story pin. Add to that, um, I guess there still is the possibility, not, not even I guess, there is the possibility in the next two episodes from some more cameos, particularly Pete, didn't didn't you say this time last week that Terry Madeline's promises for the last three episodes, there still, there still will be Hail Mary cameos yes. and we... We didn't yeah. get any this week, which is Unless okay. Unless you count uh, Sir Patrick's uh, body as a cameo, <laughs> or uh, Lore as a cameo, or, or I mean, are we counting a whole episode of Troy now as a cameo? I know they're like guest stars because of the way that, like, yeah, the acting guild works. But like, all right, yeah. Um, <sighs> I, I think too, like, all right, great use of, of Troy. Now let's delve into her, you know, counselor role. Yes. Okay. And furthered with, okay. She, she lost the line with her husband and she, you know, went over bounds and didn't let him properly uh, respectfully go through his grieving process instead numbed him out really harming their marriage and creating a problem which is a real thing and you know that that's good characterization and development um and so let her cook let her do her thing here but my goodness like yeah let's find out what the thing is already episode nine and you know matt what about face you're reminding me that there's a lot that the next two episodes need to do um and um as i have said let me let me take a deep breath here let me let me enter my own counselor troy office for a minute <laughs> you know i i have said that these picard seasons these prior I've taken picard matt's seasons, hands. <laughs> I, have, I have his hands in mine <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go. In his eyes. I'm not I'm, making. Please understand too. I'm not making fun of this. Like completely uh, believe in talk therapy, and you know, while I personally am not uh, currently in therapy, like know a lot of people who are, and absolutely uh, believe in this and encourage this. So uh, this is not a lampoon. I'm, I'm just doing a, a, a bit here to try to calm that down. The. I have felt that the prior two seasons of Picard have for, for each of their season arcs have not stuck the landing and watching this episode, I felt like here it is. It's happening again. I know that this was not the ending, but like here we are going in for a final approach and they're gonna, they're gonna muff the ending. So Pete, could we have lack of resolution on face? I think it's possible. Um, particularly at some point at some major point in the next two episodes, we need to, which was to say in the final episode, we need to start to have major goodbyes, you know, potentially forever goodbyes to these characters. So to think that we might do that in a three minute montage, that's unacceptable. I feel like we need to be like, you know, and then the Titan goes to, you know, Beta Z to drop off. Riker and Troy and we get there like they all need their curtain bow moments here um so let me let me propose this here in theories next week in the big battle 
Titan versus the fleet with changelings. That's when we get uh, Admiral Janeway, despite the fact that they have denied it. I think that's when she shows up, you know, in charge of a ship and hair out of place a little bit as sparks fly in the background, etc., etc. I think that for the final episode, as we start to say goodbye, we're going to go back to the fleet museum and Pete, who's been, because surprise, aside from the whole changeling invasion, uh, we were going to have Admiral Picard and Riker. Uh, we were going to, we had a little surprise for you at the fleet museum anyway. And with Jordy gone, who's there to put the final finishing touches on the, the uh, repair of the uh, Enterprise D saucer section, which again, we've seen that bridge that was a, a set that they, that we know they made. Who did they call in to finish the fix? Miles Edward O'Brien. I think that's your episode 10 cameo showing up in the first episode of Next Generation, Encountered Farpoint, showing up in this, the, the Next Generation's last episode, if you will. And he's the one there that says, well, you guys were away. We fixed it up for you. You want to come on in? Boom. Enter the, enter the you know, newly fixed bridge. Uh, or, yeah, newly fixed bridge, the new set that they made. And that can kind of be your happy ending there. I like it. I think the um, Enterprise D bridge is going to be used as part of the, the final solve here, if you will, uh, towards story. But wait, oh, you know, Titan, Titan, no go. Or we can only just limp back to the museum and take one of those ships there. Which one? Oh, hang on. Let's go to Hangar Bay 12. Um, I, I, I like it. I, I like reaching for miles there. Um, and again, the, the nostalgia on this show. I mean, do I wish we'd gotten them all around the table sooner than episode eight? I, I do. I do. Um, I also did not think we'd be, you know, eliminating the name villain you know um three quarters of the way four four fifths of the way through the season so we've done that um next episode clearly seems more psychological in nature um and and dealing with jack i i just feel like they've they've put so much into him this season that you know, this is a character, Matt. This is an actor and a character we didn't know was going to be on this show until weeks before the show came on. Um, and, you know, clearly with the closed set, these sound stages and keeping a, litting, a lid on the next generation's return, able to do that, that's fine. But I, I just feel like they've they've made him carry so much of the weight for better for worse um i i, I completely agree and i feel like nothing it's the actor at all i feel like no, the character has not I think earned he's done a, a fine job i think it's a tough spot to be in to be brought in to the final season of a show and yes yes we know like if you write a petition and you make tweets like things can happen. Yeah, we've we've been there, we've we've done that. You know, I also feel like people's enjoyment of a show shouldn't be 
shouldn't come with a responsibility to get people more work. Um, when you put it like that, I mean, it does. The calling, the calling upon the network, the streamer, the studio to continue it. I mean, I know, I know Anson Mount at all did it and it worked, but that was a, that was a different time. And B I'd say that was also a different phase of Star Trek in terms of, you know, less, less of these total seasons had been out and so forth. Um, you're making me realize that there's been an awful lot of social media conversation coming from people who work in Hollywood talking about how the fans need to get them more work, which is a weird thing. Um, I mean, listen, this is not an easy studio to work with. And Matt, we have experience there. Gosh, don't we? (laughs) Okay. To be threatened by them before anything had aired. Uh, So I, I do definitely feel that and I empathize. And as someone who wants to work in that industry, I get it. Um, but specifically like don't write letters. Um, and then, all right. So I guess petitions are easier to, to look at and electronically sign and everything like that. Um, but back to Jack and, and this whole plot. So I guess they got what they needed or didn't get what they needed from Picard's body because now apparently they blew it up on the strike, right? Well, that's where some of the, and look, maybe the next two episodes answer this well, but like there is this slightly circular thing here of fine. They stole the body because that was a really cool, you know, end of act, end of episode thing. Yes. I suppose they got what they needed physically or information wise, whatever it might be. And I guess further, they got that back to, changeling hq because now is you know now as you say because indeed the strike has been destroyed and part of me does wonder and to go back to like not fully connecting with the jack character i think part of the reason i don't connect with the jack character is because he has been in lowercase a lowercase d he's been in arrested development for these entire eight episodes he still is the same like I just want to be alone because I can't connect. And mom, I think there's something wrong with my brain. Like it's been that all eight episodes to some degree or another. So he hasn't really had an arc. So that's why I feel a little um, taken advantage of that the character that's been arcless uh, or, or largely arcless now is like the key to next week's episode. And that's the thing you should be excited about. Uh, and um. Um, I mean, I would like I would like it to be resolved here. I also would like to see cool things like giant fleet battle. That sounds fun. Um, and what other friends we might meet along the way, uh, the cameos and so forth. And let alone maybe crisis to be over. So there can be just a good old fashioned Star Trek talky talk scene about like, hey, we are a non-traditional family, but we are a family nonetheless. And family sticks together and something like that that can be on a T-shirt 30 years from now. Well, we're all rooting for him to stick this landing. With that, Pete, let's open Hailing Frequencies. Hailing Frequencies open, sir. To Twitter we go, Pete, while Twitter still has polls and such. Our uh, query was, can you 
rate this episode. I was going to do full on just pip ranks, but watch what I did here. One star, one, one, one star, ensign, zero percent. Then, Pete, I couldn't do two uh, stars here because two red circles, jack eyes, zero percent. Uh, three stars, uh, which I meant to be commander, and I see I didn't write the thing in there. Anyhow, three stars, 15.2%. Four stars, captain, 84.8%, Pete. I would propose, Pete, that the respondents to this poll enjoyed this episode a little bit more than we did, and that's okay. Infinite diversity, infinite combinations, and all that. Some replies here. First one from Kevin, Grogu's Brosif. Uh, who says, this episode was an absolute banger. I just need more Amanda Plummer, though. Uh, I've never loved her more since I saw her in 1993, so I married an axe murderer as Rose in 1994 Pulp Fiction as Honey Bunny. I hope she wins Boku Awards for her role here in Picard Season 3. Uh, and there's a, a reply here from you, like an orange toothpick. Uh, can you explain, Pete? Because I don't get, understand the reference. Like an orange on a toothpick there. That's what uh, Mike Myers' uh, father character uh, says of the the little brother they call Hid. Uh, I have a memory of going to see So I Married an Axe Murderer and being in the theater for it, but I have no memory of the movie, which is weird. And how a, a father, you know, mocks the size of his son's melon. Spider Ham Lincoln, Tess LC139, has a tweet. Sorry, Negan, you chose to be in. <laughs> oh, well done there. USS Titan, get off her bridge. Riker and Worf, Menage a Troy. Red Door Mystery continues. End of Vatic, I'm shattered. Nepenthian Red Wing Banshees, Data defeats Lore with a cat. That is actually completely true. That sounds insane, but that's true. Data mm -hmm. does defeat Lore with a cat. Enterprise crew back at the table. Really? No conspiracy bugs yet? Thank you, Spider-Ham Lincoln. There's always hope. Uh, JT Adkins, JTA is me, says, Vatican on the hull of the strike like a bottle of wine on the Enterprise B. I'm very happy that <laughs> Data won. Line. Yes. I'm <laughs> uh, very happy that Data won, but narratively, it was a little bit uh, machina ex machina. Wow, JT Adkins, two for two here. Um, still, I'm glad uh, he's back. Uh, see, I'm using contractions. This episode is a well-crafted bridge to our big finish, I bet. Uh, and by wine, I mean champagne. Also loved Worf's very awkward speech to Deanna. Yikes. Uh, last tweet here, Pete, from Brett Desmo Williams. That's BW Desmo on Twitter. They have given us peak Trek adventure entertainment. And I'm loving this. Starting to feel anxious. Uh, can they land this bird in two episodes without mashing four episodes of story into them? An interesting comment, Pete, because I would argue that thus far in these eight episodes, we have had less than eight episodes of content. So I'm going to be really annoyed if I feel like they went too fast in the next two. I think they're going to land this galaxy class starship. To the email inbox, we go hearing from uh, Stacy who says, hi, Matt and Pete. Phew, another tense ep. I love Vatic smoking and chewing up the scenery. Pete, let me pause her words for a second. Did I wonder last week why a changeling would smoke? Because I wondered it this week. I don't know if I've already... I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but it's a weird choice for a changeling to smoke, isn't it? Yeah, but characters have affectations, so why totally can't goo characters? Like, yeah. Um. Anyhow, back to Stacy. She takes their eyes, their ears, their road ahead. Her conducting the screams of the crew. Her putting the cigarette out on the floor of the bridge put me in a kind of present Bartlett pushing his cigarette on the floor. 
uh, putting a cigarette out on the floor of the National Cathedral. Intentional uh, disrespect. She clearly enjoys what she's doing and continues to be so creepy. Ah, Shaw, you don't know Seven at all. Yes, she finally corrects him for calling her Hanson. Of course, he continues to, uh, to anyway. Picard's line's a little clunky here, too. Infinitely more complicated. Can't you say complicated? Oh, yeah, it's John Picard. Never mind. Oh, Jack's idea to send his mind to the bridge crew would have been a good one if Vatic hadn't known this was a thing he could do. Phew, that was harsh, making us get to know two bridge officers just to kill a third. Okay, so it really is Deanna. I'm glad it wasn't a changeling. Some of her dialogue with Riker is clunky and some of it's good. The best of them bonding over hating the Penthe and the house of the judgy foyer. Worf to the rescue. Still doesn't like hugs. One's personal space is a right. Then he gets super personal with his poetic remembrance of his time with Deanna. Guess he only means physical personal space, not emotional. More digs at Chateau Picard. Uh, I don't know why they amuse me so much, but I laugh every time. Uh, Jordy, you only check Picard. There are three other people with him. Ha, I knew Data was snowing lore, just not quite how. You took the things that were me, and in doing so, you have become me. Brilliant. Of course, Spot is the linchpin. Pets teach us how to love. He is the best of me. And now he's fully integrated, using contractions and humor. Ah, Jordy's constant question to Data. How do you feel? Their friendship uh, is as it has always been. I love how capable Rafi is. She can always hack into whatever system they need. Now she can fight well, too. Whether she throws from her shoulder or snaps from her wrist, as she's supposed to. Jack giving Return of the Jedi thermal detonator vibes. Evacuation hatch? When did that become a thing? Ha! Effing solids indeed. Uh, oh, broken into a bazillion pieces. Vatican for good. And the strike. Nice work. Hmm, I'm not sure sending the heads of your enemies to your friends is passive-aggressive, but more aggressive-aggressive. Uh, wait, uh, but how will we find out Jack Steele? Oh, I forgot there's a Betazoid counselor on board. Oh, I knew they weren't going to tell us this episode. Pfft. Ah, well, as my sister said, there's only a couple episodes left, so we'll find out soon enough. As always, looking forward to your thoughts. That from Stacy, a.k.a. Stingray, a.k.a. TrekGirl88 on Twitter. Pete, she gave the poofed towards the end there. I think she's <laughs> a little annoyed at the resolution here as well. I, I think people are impatient here. I think it's been teased out enough. It, it's time to deliver. It was really time to deliver in this episode, right? Um, we'll get it. Uh, I do like that Stacy calls out you know the the Riker Troy stuff yeah at times it's great at times it was like but you used your betasoid powers to get into my brain to do feelings Pete I would liken the way this episode ends imagine if best of both worlds part one didn't end with Mr. War Fire which is both like a to be continued moment but also a resolution like what's he gonna do resolution Oh, that's going to lead to other actions to be continued. This is kind of if, if it was like, Captain Riker, what do we do? Swirling strings, as Riker thinks. And then it goes, dun, 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 to be continued. And you're like, wait, I just need one more resolution. Like, if they step through the door, even that, it wouldn't give us more information. But if they step through he the did, door. He did put his feet on the doorknob. But, but still, like, in the waning moments of this, all right around the table and then like to to tease that out yeah i i think it's a little bit of a of a mismeasurement 
Pete, an email from Josephina who says, hey, y'all, I'm not sure how intentional this is or uh, I'm just reaching. I feel like when Seven says, get off my bridge, she was channeling her inner Janeway. She mimicked the facial expression and growl in Janeway's voice. Uh, uh, we had another roasting. This time it's a too dry Chateau Picard Bordeaux. I would love to read Picard's Yelp review of his selection of wines. <laughs> It was sad when Lore was erasing Data's memories. I mean, we know Data is still going to prevail, but still, erasing Tasha Yar and Spot? Oof. Oh, and he brought up the endless hours of his friends playing poker memory. I mentioned that one. Maybe they'll end this series playing poker. Let me pause her words here, Pete. Great prediction there, Josephina. Back to Josephina. I thoroughly enjoyed hearing Data over the intercom. Walmart greeting monologue, Say No More. His sense of humor has definitely evolved, considering he's a combination of every one of his brothers. Uh, he's a positronic trill, and Data is the main one. Rafi was freaking awesome and scary, according to Riker, with two swords going all Leonardo, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle style. She's like, hey boys, let's not use our phasers right now, uh, like you've been using the whole time. She encountered the only squad who wasn't issued phasers. Fair criticism. Now she got the memo about ensuring you vaporize the bad guys before you walk uh, away, though. It was nice seeing the crew back at the conference table. Data is like his cat spot. He's got nine lives. He's died so many times. Or should I say different versions of Data died? Glad he mentioned how old everyone looks. He's got a whole personality now, and he's smiling. Oh, man, too bad the only other Vulcan that could assist Deanna in going into Jack's mind was killed off. I thought it was funny when she said, we'll go together, you're not alone. And then two seconds later, she's running away from him. She's like, nope, I'm out of here. Scene uh, was in the Ready Room teaser for next week. I liked this episode. Vatic was cool and all, but it was getting old. We need to find out who's really behind the threat on Frontier Day. Hopefully we get Admiral Janeway when they attend the event. Let's go Team Janeway. Quick question. Is it true that a series is in the works for a Star Trek Janeway or Voyager continuation? One can only hope. Excuse me now while I go get my coffee. Light, uh, light brown and sweet. Till next week, I'll leave you with Jack Crusher. You are up. Semper Fi. That from Josephina. So, Pete, what have you heard about Star Trek Janeway, Star Trek Voyager, etc.? Right now, that's Prodigy. Uh, apart from the possibility of a cameo, and we've been told time and again, she belongs to Prodigy. Pete, belonging to the Fantastic Geek family is Admiral Fred from the Netherlands, who joins us now via Fleet Exercises. Hello, Matt and Pete, and all listeners to Fantastic Geek. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 8. Apart from the episode, I also watched The Ready Room. In this case, Will Wheaton had Brent Spiner as a guest, which was very nice. I think anyhow, he had the best and most important role in this episode, especially his internal fight with lore was well acted furthermore it was of course great to see the whole main crew of the next generation sitting at one table i really realized how special this is i mean come on seven people 30 years later no one died no one is incapacitated by some disease so that they can't act anymore that is a great gift we got here. I think we finally got rid of this Vedek. 
I actually had enough of her. So really looking forward to what these last two episodes will bring. And according to Brent Spiner, it will be a blast. And a very good kind of ending, rounding it really up. Okay, that will be all for now. Greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Pete, though we might quibble a bit with some of the choices made this season, uh, this episode, this series, and so forth, I think Fred, cutting to the core of it, it comes from a place of love, comes from a place of Star Trek family, and he's absolutely right. Who would have thought all these years later that we would still have these people here with us to continue to provide us entertainment and enjoyment? 14 months ago, Matt, like we would have signed on the line for one, a couple cameos in the, the final season for it to be the next generation's final adventure. Yeah. Fred's completely right. And let, let's, you know, people are down on Mandalorian. Oh, wait a minute. You know, like, all right. I, I feel we've been a little bit more critical than, than usual towards this episode, which I still at the same time enjoyed. Um, but let, let's see it all play out. Pete, we have had this whole podcast voyage and the Picard voyage continues for two more episodes. All thanks to those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. Pete, we've done the blood tests. There are no changelings. They're all real people <laughs> there. Uh, and our thanks to all those real humans who support us there. Yes. And additionally, making our polls open to everybody. You do not have to be a uh, contributing member currently to patreon.com slash fantastic geek in order to vote if you cannot vote on Twitter where we normally run them. So it's a place to go. Maybe you see something to like, maybe you uh, contribute can't this month uh, go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating, a review to any of our currently 33 soon to be 34 as Matt uh, finishes up the Ahsoka podcast album artwork feed. Indeed, Pete, let's keep the entire pop culture conversation going. Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and more. How can people be in touch with you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. Uh, 12,831 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter, it's looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast, comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek, all one word with the P and the H. Like it today. For those listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, tomorrow is Mario Monday. Where we will talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, then on Tuesday, we'll do a wrap-up from Star Wars Celebration. And then back on Saturday for Star Wars Saturday. And back next Sunday for Star Trek Sunday. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all listeners and give you the final word. Is this a rescue mission or a continuation of the torture? <laughs>